It's that time again. It's ASGCA Insights, the official podcast of the American Society of Golf Course Architects. And now, from our studios in beautiful Brookfield, Wisconsin, it's your host, Mark Whitney. Welcome to ASGCA Insights. I'm Mark Whitney. Joining me today is a golf industry leader who has served the PGA of America for more than 20 years, Sandy Cross. Sandy has filled a number of roles with PGA, including focusing on licensing and marketing, partnership sales and management, and women's initiatives. Sandy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Mark. I'm delighted to be here. Sandy, I always enjoy asking successful people how it all began. And I know one area where it began for you was as a college athlete playing volleyball at the University of Buffalo. So tell me first, uh, do you make a point to try and catch the NCAA matches on television from time to time? And more importantly, how did your college athletic experience benefit you today? My college athletics experience was really the catalyst for me to ultimately make my way into the business of sports and the business of golf. And I don't come from a golf background. I was not exposed to the sport of golf and did not have access to it growing up. But through my competitive days at the University of Buffalo, I had the opportunity to work in the athletic department as a work study. And the gentleman that I worked for had gone through the sport management program at Kent State University in Ohio. He encouraged me to explore that master's in sport administration program. And that sent me on my way into the business of sports. I always say that there are separate words in the dictionary for game and sport for very good reasons. Uh, You experienced that in your own athletic career. And I expect that's something that actually serves you pretty well with the PGA of America, that there's a small percentage that competes in the sport of golf and millions more who just enjoy playing the game. That's absolutely correct. The game, it is a game for all, a game for everyone. And you put it well, Mark, the sport may be viewed as a smaller audience performing at a very high skill level, maybe elite. But the, the, the product that we see on television, the PGA Tour, the LPGA Tour, but as you put it, the game is a game for all, individuals of all abilities, all ages, all backgrounds, identities, tremendous. It really is truly a game for all. And there are a couple of important initiatives that that you've been working on and spearheading, not just over the past year, but for the past number of years that I want to get to here in just a moment. Uh, But there was something that I've seen as we're speaking with Sandy Cross of the PGA of America. And Sandy, when I looked at your information on PGA.com, there is a word in your job description that most people never see in a professional sense. And that word is fun. Part of your job literally is to help people have fun. It is, Mark. And as the chief people officer at the PJ of America, I have the opportunity to oversee our inclusion, equity, and diversity efforts, as well as our people function. And fun is core to all of that. You think about inclusion in inclusive environments, wherever that may be, but the places that we all as humans decide that we're going to spend our leisure time, our leisure dollars, those are typically places where we're having fun. So how can we create fun, inclusive environments, whether that's on the field of play or in a workplace, it's critically important. If you're not having fun, you're probably not coming back to that workplace, to that game, whatever the setting is. So it really is a critical part. And I appreciate you calling out that special word. 
And uh, along those lines, an area that you just touched on that, that, that has been a part of your work, regardless of your job and position with PGA, uh, has been on the area of diversity. And diversity and inclusion is an initiative that you first started to get off the ground within PGA uh, going back now seven or eight years. And we now have seen more of this come to fruition uh, with the diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, uh, committee that is that is now formed. A lot of work has happened that was uh, highlighted during the recent National Golf Day activities. So I, I've, I've opened up a lot of different pathways for you there, Sandy. You're welcome to go down any of them and, and talk about well, how it sort of got off the ground uh, and also where you see the progress that has been made in recent years in the areas of diversity and inclusion. Well, thank you for opening that up, Mark. It, it's hard to believe that yesterday, May 25th, was the one-year marking point since the tragedy of George Floyd, the murder. And shortly thereafter, the leaders of the golf industry, the PJ of America CEO, Seth Waugh, the PJ Tour Commissioner, Jay Monahan, and the LPGA Tour Commissioner, Mike Wan, got together to begin discussions with other industry leaders about solving for a twofold challenge. The, the golf industry at the time and still was incredibly blessed about the uptick in interest and participation in the game of golf during the pandemic. As Seth Waugh often says, we, the, the game, had a really good crisis. The business was booming in terms of participation. And the second part of that twofold challenge that the uh, commissioners and leaders in the industry wanted to solve for was how do we not only capitalize and retain that interest that spiked in the game, but ensure that we are doing it through a lens of inclusion, equity, and diversity and bringing individuals from all backgrounds, abilities, identities into the sport and retaining them particularly individuals from communities of color. And that is an area where the golf industry collectively over the decades has struggled. So dozens of individuals, Mark, gosh, we're, I believe we're at about 90 individuals now across the industry. And these are senior leaders at a variety of companies uh, representing big brands, organizations with budget and marketing power have gotten together and created the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Golf Industry Collaboration. Within that collaboration, there are six work groups, education and skill development, player development, marketing and communications, talent acquisition, human resources, and procurement. And the reason I explicitly share the names of those six groups is because I want the audience to understand that this is a comprehensive effort. It's not just about growth of the game through participatory club in hand experiences. The industry has recognized that if we are going to create a game that reflects or mirrors the demographics of America, we also have to focus on the workforce that is delivering the product. We often hear about the 2 million jobs in golf what does that workforce look like? What is the composition and makeup? And then second, we have to think about the golf industry supply chain. It's an $84 billion a year industry. And if we are able to be inclusive as an industry in our procurement and bidding opportunities, 
and include women-owned and minority-owned, veteran-owned, disabled-owned, and LGBT-owned businesses, if they are benefiting from the economics of golf, their interest and their employees' interest in participating in the game, picking up a golf club, and learning from a PGA professional or an LPGA professional, that interest is going to blossom. So I'll pause there for a moment and, and open it back up to you, Mark. Yeah, and, and the, the challenge when you when you when we begin a topic like this is that we can not just go in a variety of areas, but we can go for quite a while. And I want to be respectful of time on this. So let me take one step back here before we go forward. Uh, and your interest, and interest isn't the correct word, your involvement in this topic formally, as I mentioned earlier, goes back to 2014 and your work on the PGA Diversity and Inclusion Initiative, and you're getting that off the ground. If you go back to that time, and I'm not asking you to call out any group or individual or organization, how easy was it for you or how difficult was it for you to engage in these conversations or begin these conversations seven, eight years ago versus what you just talked about, how, how much easier at least it has been to begin that conversation here over the course of the past year or so? What was it like seven, eight years ago versus today on this topic? It was a bit more challenging, Mark. I, the effort at the PJ of America was well positioned because at the time, our leadership had put diversity and inclusion as foundational principles in our long-term strategic plan. And that was the first time in nearly 100 years at the PJ of America that, that that had been done. So the table had been set, but yet it was quite challenging because Within the PJ of America and across the golf industry at large, the true fundamental understanding of the words diversity and inclusion were not there. The words were often smushed together, misunderstood, narrow cast into just gender and race and ethnicity, when in fact there are dozens of dimensions of difference. So the biggest challenge came in education and skill development. Having not only my teammates and coworkers internally, but the golf industry at large, raising their understanding of what is diversity, what is inclusion, why does it matter, and what is the business case for it? So since seven, eight years ago, Mark, the, the understanding, the real understanding of the fundamentals of diversity and inclusion has grown substantially. And now that individuals understand the what and the why, the business case, the, they are leaning in and they are asking how. How do I operationalize inclusion at my business at the point of play at the local level where that consumer is either gonna have a great experience or maybe not a great experience and not come back so we've shifted from the what and the why to the how. How do we operationalize inclusion? And one of the elements that I'm very excited about that's come out of the golf industry collaboration are the inclusion guidelines for golf facilities. So this is an, an easy assessment that a golf facility operator, whether it's a PGA or LPGA professional, other industry professionals can do a walk around with their teammates of the facility and look at it through a lens of inclusion. Look at the inside operations, the outside operations, marketing and communications, how welcoming is the staff? So that goes to the how. 
it's gotten less challenging, Mark, because the the education and awareness has grown, but certainly still challenges remain. And the evolution continues, and it's evolution across the board. You're talking about individuals and mindset. You're talking about the business and industry. You're talking about the game itself that continues to evolve as well and continues to resonate with golfers of all ages. Uh, the, the, the latest statistics uh, show that uh, golf rounds are up 20% across the country from the pre-COVID days of 2018 and 2019. Uh, along those lines, there's a new initiative that's encouraging golfers to make golf your thing. Uh, so Sandy, tell us a bit about that campaign and the initial response that you've received since the rollout here just in the past several weeks. Oh, I'd love to, Mark. We're incredibly excited about Make Golf Your Thing. It was born out of the marketing and communications work group of the industry collaboration. And this is a marketing movement that is going to go on over multiple years. And we want consumers from all identities, ages, abilities, backgrounds to make golf their thing in whatever form or fashion or way that they want to, that's going to resonate with them, where they're going to feel included, be able to be their authentic selves, and again, have fun and keep coming back. And it, as we all know, it doesn't have to be that traditional 18-hole golf experience. Now, for some, that will be how they make golf their thing. They'll want that traditional experience. But others are seeking a very non-traditional experience, packaged in a different way, taking place in a different venue, anywhere from your backyard to a top golf facility. It's really endless where you can make golf your thing. And we're excited about it. And for industry operators and those that are on the front lines at those points of play, they can leverage the horsepower of the make golf your thing marketing movement and create those authentic invitations to consumers who are currently unengaged in the sport and invite them in to that point of play to make golf their thing in whatever way they want. So it's a powerful platform for businesses and industry operators to create invitations. And it's often said, Mark, golf is a sport of invitation. And that first invitation to come into the sport and make it your thing is critical the vast majority of people who play golf were invited out that very first time by somebody else. And there is a story there. So make golf your thing is the catalyst to drive those critical and powerful and authentic invitations that can truly transform an industry. If every one of the individuals who currently plays golf invited someone else in, to make off their thing and invited someone who was from a different background or ability or identity than theirs, that would be transformational for the golf industry. One invitation by each one of those people to somebody else to make golf your thing, incredibly powerful. And it's, and it's, it's incredibly personal as you've just laid out. But as you think anybody that's listening to this podcast right now, can remember the first time that they went to a golf course. And I would guarantee that everybody who's listening was invited by somebody else, just as you mentioned. I think you're absolutely right, Mark. And one other thing I'd like to share about this marketing movement, we believe it also has quote unquote legs 
for the golf industry workforce and the golf industry supply chain. I mentioned early on in our conversation that in order to diversify who plays the sport, we have to diversify who works in the business and is delivering the product and who gets to participate in and benefit from the supply chain. So make golf your thing. Don't make it just your thing as a sport. You may play the game, but you also might want to make it your thing as a job or a career path or a procurement opportunity if you're a business owner. Tremendous opportunity with the campaign. And and great information can be found at at the website, makegolfyourthing.org. There's all sorts of videos and other information that can be found there. Uh, We saw the first rollout of the the ad campaign, the commercials that went along with this uh, during the recent PGA Championship. And it's it's interesting as a, as a as a marketer as I was watching some of these some of these pieces that have been created, and as you talked about the diversity of of just different types of people, there, there's sort of a mental checklist you sort of go through and say, well, this area is covered by this video and this area is covered by that video. But it wasn't like that at all. It wasn't checking off boxes. It was really golf sort of holding up a mirror to 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 what is happening at a variety of different facilities out there today, isn't it? That's absolutely right, Mark. And we were thoughtful in the process, though. That marketing and communications work group did make sure they brought a variety of diverse perspectives to that table to make sure that the imagery and the music and the language and the tone and the feel came through authentically in those spots that you mentioned have begun to air at last week's PGA Championship. And will air for the coming years across platforms, not only inside golf, but particularly outside golf. We want to make sure as an industry that we're not just you know, talking to ourselves. How do we get outside the golf spheres and the golf platforms and digital stratospheres and engage those who are unengaged in the game? And again, potentially the workforce and the supply chain. So you're telling me that it's okay for my 15-year-old and his friends to wear their baseball cap backwards when they're on a golf course, huh? Absolutely. They're making it their thing. <laughs> my guest has been Sandy Cross of the PJ of America. Sandy, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, Mark. You have a great day. That concludes this episode of ASGCA Insights. I'm Mark Whitney. You can find past episodes of ASGCA Insights and more information about golf course architecture at ASGCA.org or download the Insights Podcast from Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Thank you for listening, and until next time, so long.